And welcome to another episode of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and I just want to thank you all for tuning in today. And for those of you who are repeat listeners, thank you for tuning in again. And for all those of you that are new, thank you for tuning in for the first time. Um, So... Not last week, but the a couple of weeks, the first two, the two weeks before this, we uh, had a couple of shows that really centered on yoga, and today I'm sort of bringing bringing it back to yoga a little bit um, uh, with uh, my guest today, and that her name is Francesca Cervero, and she has been a full time yoga instructor in New York City since 2005. The foundation of her teaching practice comes from Om Yoga Center's style of alignment-based vinyasa. Her teaching is also inspired by the years she spent as a dancer and the subsequent years she spent in physical therapy. Um, The Buddhist writings of of, uh, Pima, Pima Chodron and the endorphin addiction that keeps bringing her back to spin class. Francesca is also the owner of Francesca Cervero Yoga and Wellness, which serves clients here in New York City, in Washington, D.C., and also in the Hamptons. So, Francesca, hello. Thank you for coming on the show. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me. So, you know, you, you sort of... With, within your background and, and within your yoga practice, you sort of, you go through the teacher training, and then I would assume that you started teaching group classes first. Is that right? I did. Yeah. I, I did my teacher training in the summer of 2005 mm-hmm. and was sort of young and inexperienced at the time and thought that I would be able to start teaching yoga full-time right away. Um, but it's it's not that simple. It's actually, I realized pretty quickly, it's hard to make a career, a full-time career out of teaching yoga. So it was time-consuming and a lot of work, but eventually I did start teaching a few group classes, you know, at studios, yoga studios, and at gyms kind of throughout the city. Mm-hmm. And and now with your your company, Fran- Francesca Cervero Yoga and Wellness, it seems like you're doing more the one-on-one teaching or private teaching. So when did that, tra- when did that transition happen? And can you kind of tell us how that transition went? Sure. So like I said, I was teaching, you know, group classes at yoga studios and at gyms throughout the city and was really loving sharing and teaching yoga, but was feeling pretty depleted pretty quickly because it's, it's so much work to prepare for and teach a group class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was all over the place on the Upper West Side, deep in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. in Tribeca, on the Upper East Side, and and not making very much money teaching group classes. Sometimes you'd make 20 25 maybe $30 to teach a group class at that point in my career. Mm-hmm. So, so I was sort of frustrated just also feeling like I wasn't really reaching people the way I wanted to be because even if my group classes were really full, I didn't get to address each person the way I wanted to. You know, sort of teaching like these nameless big classes at mm-hmm. gyms throughout the city. Right, so it's so hard to make a that A friend connection. of mine who's an excellent yoga and Pilates teacher passed down a private client to me. She had been working with this woman for about five years and was trying to scale back her private practice to spend more time teaching at her Pilates studio in Brooklyn. And 
And I had a really just great experience right away with this woman. It was sort of like we connected, and she started to feel pretty meaningful changes in her life and in her body right away. Some changes that I think that she hadn't been finding with her other really, although fantastic, she hadn't been, you know, having those quite the meaningful experiences with that other teacher. So she started recommending me to her friend and and kind of insistent, really. You know, she said, my best friend absolutely has to work with you. I think that you could really help her. I'm going to buy her five sessions with you for her birthday. You know, and so I started working with her friend, um, and she had a different but also meaningful experience kind of right off the bat in terms of the way that she related to and connected to herself and her body, and then that really affected the way that she related to the people in her workplace and in her family. So these pretty meaningful changes arise quite quickly. And then I started working with that woman's husband. You know, she was sort of also insistent, like, my husband really needs this work. He's in so much, you know, pain in his lower back. He's having trouble focusing. And and um, his experience was a little bit different because, we really came at, at his practice from a very physical place and from a sort of goal-oriented place. We started really focusing on his golf game and what we could do in his yoga practice and in his body to improve his golf game. And and we did. You know, in the five or six years I've been working with him, we've gotten his golf game down, you know, 25 points almost. So wow. that's a lot. Um, yeah, that's a, so that then I started getting calls and emails from his coworkers, like, I want my golf game to better as well. I want to work with you. So it just grew organically, but pretty quickly, my private practice. And I was loving it. So as I was teaching more and more private clients, I started to teach fewer and fewer group classes. Mm -hmm. So that was sort of how that transition happened. Yeah. And it sounds like it was pretty seamless. And, you know, a lot of the, the best way, especially when you're growing a practice, is that, that word of mouth, you know, is that testimonial from one person to the next to the next. And then you, your practice can just grow so quickly. Um, so let's talk about, now obviously it didn't seem like you had any major growing pains from that switch, mm-hmm. from that sort of being a group instructor to the private instructor. But I know, and we'll sort of get to this in the, in the next segment, in the next couple of segments is, I know that you do sort of a teacher training to help other yoga instructors, Pilates instructors, even physical therapists, um, mm-hmm. be able to work one-on-one with someone in, the home, in their homes or offices. Um, so did you, when you started with your practice, were there any sort of hiccups or bumps along the way that you learned from and that are, you're now sort of passing those things along to during your teacher training? Yeah, definitely. So let me think um, how to organize the answer, because it could be so long. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think there's sort of two pieces to this, is that I was very young when I started teaching and very sort of open-minded. I felt like when I met with a client, I wanted to help them create whatever change they felt like they needed, whether that was physical, whether it was emotional, whether it was spiritual. And I didn't feel very sort of stuck or dogmatic about the tools that I use to help them find that meaningful change. Mm -hmm. I really felt like very open to the fact that if I could just get their mind and their body connected, you know, via their breath, Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and teach them mindfulness and, and some really great body-based mindfulness practices, that whatever that turned out to be for them, that they were that was their yoga. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was that sort of open-mindedness that let me really connect to clients right away. And that was something sort of luckily for me that I just did intuitively. Mm-hmm. Um, then the other piece of that is I was very sort of focused on self-awareness as a practice for me and to understand what my clients were experiencing. So the first three or four years that I was teaching, I had a notebook that I would write in almost every night, and I would sort of evaluate the teaching that I'd done during the day and and any interactions that I had with my clients that, that made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. If I said something in a way that you know, may have resonated really well with someone else that morning, but I could tell by the sort of uncomfortable, very, very subtle, uncomfortable tension between the second client and I that, like, that same languaging or that same correction or didn't mm-hmm. resonate with them. Either mm-hmm. I lost their focus or it made them uncomfortable. And so I really used that sort of self-awareness practice to continue to refine my teaching because the way that I teach is very, very different from person to person. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely a, a learning curve in the beginning, you know, as I was getting to know my clients in terms of, you know, what what really worked to reach them and what and what didn't work, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of any, like, big kind of mistakes that I made that I learned from. I'm sure there were some. You know, I think what I had to learn pretty quickly, but definitely wasn't great about this in the very beginning, is clarity about the boundaries of time and money. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because, you know, as a yoga teacher and, and I'm sure as physical therapists as well, we run into this, is that, you know, I've had such a personally deep healing experience with yoga and I feel so like a, such a strong desire to pay that forward and to help these other people heal themselves. So there's like this very nurturing kind of giving quality about it. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, I think I would spend, you know, an hour and a half with a client that I was only billing for an hour. Right. You know, I, and, and maybe was not always very clear with my clients up front about money. And so there were some uncomfortable situations around mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. I, but I, you learn from those mistakes pretty quickly because it can create some uncomfortable situations. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think I run into that because I do the same thing. You know, I see patients right. in their homes. And there are times when, you know, I'll be with a patient and, you know, you're, they're, you're in the middle of a treatment or you've just had this great idea and you look down at your watch and you've been there for 55 minutes, but you still want to kind of get this idea or get this treatment in. Yeah. And I think that that was something that I learned as well was to be sort of more aware of, of my time management skills and, Mm -hmm. and to, and I don't know if you do this, but you know, when I go in to see a patient for the first time, obviously I don't know what I'm stepping into. So sometimes that takes a little bit longer, but when you go to see those subsequent visits, you sort of have a plan in your head. You sort of have a plan, an action plan in your head about what you want to accomplish with this client that day. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go to see them, they you they may come in and say, "Oh, I'm you know I sprained my ankle yesterday," and you're seeing right. them for their back. <laughs> so you know you, you have to be able to kind of think on your feet a little bit. But I don't yeah. do you 
do you sort of work that way when you go in to see your your yoga clients where you're you sort of have an idea or an action plan ahead of time? Yeah, definitely. With the people that I know very well, I'll have some some kind of general topics that I want to focus on and things that I want to work on. Mm -hmm. But I but it's definitely like a very day-to-day sort of intuitive thing. So mm-hmm. what I sort of, what I teach my teachers who study with me is that when you're first meeting with a client and as you're just kind of doing a quick check-in and let's say setting up the room, setting up the props, how are you? How's your body? How was your weekend? Really quick, two, three, five-minute chat right. that you can get a lot of information. So you're looking at... Um, the way they're holding their body, which leg they have more weight on, mm-hmm. how their, you know, they, their skin around their eyes looks. Like, so you start to get a sense of, are they depleted? Are they frantic? Are they in pain on their right knee? Right, you're doing sort of like a qu- very quick observation, and then from there, like, make a quick plan. Yeah, yeah. And then as the session's going on, tempering that plan, depending on, what you're First seeing. All, any interruptions that come in, because that's certainly an issue. And also, yeah, what you're seeing, what yeah. you're discovering as you're teaching, as you're working with them. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, I, I definitely do the same exact thing. Um, mm-hmm. And on that, mm-hmm. we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk more about your teacher training course. So um, everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back in a few minutes. Great. Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. Are you confused about which diet is right for you? Are you tired of being tired? How about improving your energy, strength, and appearance? Hi, I'm Rika Keck, a holistic nutrition and wellness consultant. If you have answered yes to any of my questions, contact me now at nyintegratedhealth.com or at 646-285-8588. Initiate change and transform your life. Are you concerned about the future of your business or career? Would you like it all to just be better? Well, the way to do that is through better communication. And the best way to do that is training from the team at Improving Communications. This is Larry Sharp, host of the Ivory Tower Radio Program and director at Improving Communications. Does your office need better leadership, customer service, sales, or maybe better writing or speaking skills? Could they be better at dealing with confrontation, conflicts, and touchy subjects? All are covered here at Improving Communications. If you're in the New York City area, stop by one of our public classes or get your human resources in touch with us. The website is improvingcommunications.com. That's improvingcommunications.com. Improve your professional environment. Be more effective. Be happier and make more money. Improving communications. That's the answer. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com.
and welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy. Thank you all for tuning in. And I have my guest today, Francesca Cervero. She is a full-time yoga instructor and owner of Francesca Cervero Yoga and Wellness. So, Francesca, we sort of left off uh, last segment talking a little bit about your teacher training course, but now I'd like to really kind of get into the ins and outs of the course and I guess where, why you started this course. So where did you see, you know, because all of these things come out because someone sees sort of a gap within the industry. So when mm-hmm. did you realize there was that gap within the industry and, and what steps did you take to actually start this, this training course? Yeah, sure. So it was last spring, so spring of 2012, by this point, I was teaching, you know, about 25 private clients a week. Which is a lot. Was, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> um, it was wonderful. It's wonderful, but also a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, having to turn down recommendations and referrals mm-hmm. from clients. Yeah, that stinks. It's always a, a kind of a bummer, yeah. you know, especially yeah. when they're people, clients that I love working with, and they have a dear friend who they feel like could really benefit from my work, and they yeah. not be able to work with them is always kind of disappointing. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of happening. And then simultaneously, more and more, as people, you know, peers in my industry were hearing more and more, like, that, that that's what I was doing full time is teaching private clients. People would ask me, you know, how, how do you have so many private clients? And often, and occasionally would sort of um, maybe hint to the fact that it was like a branding or a marketing or an advertising secret that I knew that mm-hmm. they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, I, like, barely had a website. I wasn't doing any marketing or any branding. You know, it was all my whole business had grown by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So, And some of the people asking me really for advice were teachers who are incredibly skillful, experienced group class teachers that I love and, and consider my own teachers. Um, but they would kind of confess to me that they really wished they had more private clients. They, they like teaching privately, but they weren't always sure if they were being effective. Mm. You know, I have one really good friend who's like an incredible teacher who said he hated teaching private clients because he never knew what to do. He was like sweating. He was nervous. He couldn't tell how, what kind of experience the student was having. And I just thought that was crazy because he's such an incredibly skillful, experienced teacher. So I sat down to write what I intended to be a three-hour curriculum Mm -hmm. that I thought could fit really easily into a 500 or even a a 200-hour teacher training as just like a little afternoon module. Gotcha. Sort of, you know, the I have to, I'm working on, I need to come up with a new name for it. Actually, I'm in the process of that right now. But at the time, I called it the Art and Science of private yoga teaching, right? I was thinking it would essentially be a three-hour lecture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then last summer I sat down to write the curriculum, and it, and it turned out it was a 20-hour teacher training. Wow. Yeah, that's a, it's like Gilligan's Island, you know? They set out for that three-hour <laughs> tour, and they were there for however long they were there. Right. 15 years. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, so because I just, I just kept writing and clarifying and and you know, adding in practice teaching and feedback opportunities. And so it became clear that it was, you know, you, I couldn't, I mean, you can give a short answer in three hours, but to really delve into the specific skills necessary for teaching privately, 
um, it, it, it was a full 20-hour class mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I've really, I think, hopefully identified these very specific skills that you need to really work with private clients with great success and enjoyment on both parties' ends. And it's they're very, very different skills than teaching group classes. Okay, and, so so now let's sort of, be, before we move on, uh, if mm-hmm. we can kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit, what are some of those really important skills that someone needs when treating or, or teaching someone privately that, that they don't really need in the group classes? Or maybe you need the skills, but maybe to a greater extent when you're teaching privately. Right. Yeah, this is a great question. So um, the, my first module in my teacher training is called Create the Space. Because when you're teaching in a yoga studio or even a gym, there is a, a container created for yoga to happen. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's a pretty empty, quiet room. There could be rules about cell phones, rules about shoes. There might be some nice candles, a place to play music, right? All mm-hmm. you have to do is, is come in and teach the class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you're working with someone privately, you can work, end up working in a whole sort of ver- like varied, somewhat challenging environment, mm-hmm. including people's homes, which can mm-hmm. have spouses and children and, and pets. assistants running around. Um, I teach in people's offices, mm. which is great for them because they have you know no travel time and they can really squeeze yoga in when they might not otherwise be able mm-hmm. to. But of course, presents its own challenges with coworkers, and mm-hmm. I teach people in their, you know, office gym, which has double challenges because then you have their coworker running on the treadmill next to them, right. Right? right? So, to really like have a meaningful experience of yoga, it's up to the teacher and the teacher's energy to create this quote unquote yogic space. Mm. Um, so that's sort of the overwhelming challenge there. You know, I could just give one simple action step that I think is really important in creating a nurturing space is to, as, when you first walk in to someone's home or office, is to give an agenda. Because even though it's this other person's home, as the teacher now, it's your job to make them feel taken care of. Mm-hmm. Right? People, it's very vulnerable often for clients and students to have a teacher come into their intimate space. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure as a teacher that they don't feel the need to take care of us, but that we're right away taking a strong and confident seat as a teacher and sort of taking control of the situation. So this is especially important with someone who's new um, to yoga and to a relationship with me. As soon as I walk in, I'll sort of give an agenda. I'll say, okay, so I'll just put my coat down here, um, I'll run to the restroom, if you don't mind, and I'll fill up my water bottle. Then when I come back, I think that we can move that table and that chair over to that corner, and we'll put the mat here, and then we'll sit down, and then we'll get started. Mm-hmm. So right. right away, like, they know what to do. They're not sort of uncomfortably shuffling around or feeling like they need to get me water, take care of me. You know, they, mm-hmm. they are right away being taken care of in their own home. Yeah, and, and that's that's great advice, and and you know advice that I would even give to if anyone going into anyone's home as sort of a, you know being a coach or a healer or yoga or PT or Pilates, mm-hmm. you know to be able to go in like you said and have an agenda so that that person isn't feeling uncomfortable. 
And then, yeah. and then all you've, you've immediately done what you, what you were talking about before is you've created a space. Mm-hmm, and exactly. so now the next time you come over, I can only assume that that person has already created that space before you get there. Sometimes and sometimes not. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's my job every time to sort of, and it doesn't take long. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not moving huge pieces right. of furniture. Right, right, but right. it's my job to, it's my energy that creates the container. Mm-hmm. Like now, it's like now what used to be your office, now this is our yoga studio. And so it's my warmth and my confidence and the general ease that I move around the room in mm-hmm. that helps to create that feeling in the room. And here's a question, because this is a question that I get asked all the time, mm-hmm. is do you, what do you bring to the, to the patient's home? You know, how do you bring all of this equipment? How do you bring? And so do people ask you, well, when you go, are you bringing a yoga mat? And are you bringing blocks? And are you bringing blankets? And are you bringing other props with you? Um, Which I'm sure is a question you get a lot also. Sorry, what did you say? I said, I'm sure that's a question that you get a lot also is, you know, when you go to meet a client, are you bringing all of your yoga props with you? I don't really do that. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone first starts working with me, I'll make sure that they have at least a mat and two blocks. Mm-hmm. And I will, you know, have, can have that delivered to them. Um, and if they, ideally, I would love for them to have a full array of props. So, you know, I have these really big kind of pretty duffel bags and in them we put a mat, two blocks, two blankets, and even a bolster. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as people have a mat and two blocks, the rest of yoga, I think yoga is a little probably different from PT in this way because although props are important, there's a lot of sort of things around the house that we can use. We can mm-hmm. easily use cushions from the couch as bolsters. We can easily use bath towels, yep. you know, as blankets. So I, and because I'm like literally running around New York City from six in the morning until sometimes seven at night. Yeah. I, I don't carry anything. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I say the same thing. I said, you know, I treat pe- my patients with my hands. Yeah. And yeah. so all they need is a mat or a table, which most patients are more than happy. They already have it. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. like you said, you get really, really good at using household items <laughs> for other things. Right. There's yeah, a lot of definitely. repurposing going on there. Um, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to take on that, I think we're going to take a quick break. And when mm-hmm. we come back, let's talk more about um, the different aspects of the, or the different modules within your teacher training. So everybody Great. stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you.
Hi, I'm Austin Marola. And I'm Sloan Wainwright. We're the hosts of the new Thursday morning show, The Music Power, Power Hour. Hour, at 11 a.m. We're going to have fun. And shine the light on all aspects of music. And it's limitless healing possibilities. We're going to invite artists to share their songs and play live. We'll be listening and talking about great music from yesterday to today. So you're invited to share in our musical conversation. Your ears will be delighted with the sound of music. And our voices. Join Austin and Sloan live Thursdays at 11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. a firefly who shined as bright as the moon and the stars. And welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy. I'm joined today by yoga instructor Francesca Cervero, and we are talking about a program that she has started. Uh, to It's a teacher training program to teach yoga instructors how to teach privately in whether that be the client's home or office. So, okay, last segment, we went over sort of your first module, which was creating the space. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of continue through what, what comes next within your teacher training and, and why is it important? Sure. So the second module is called hold the space. And the sort of theme of this module is holding the yogic space we've created by taking a very strong seat as teacher. And so we go through a few specific ways to deal with that. In this module, we talk about how to deal with interruption, because Mm -hmm. when you're working in someone's home or office, there is, you know, a pretty common occurrence. Yes. Um, We talk about what I call the difference between teaching and leading. So, you know, when when you're used to teaching group classes, you teachers can get in the habit of saying things like, if you need to rest, go ahead and take a child's pose, or if you want to take this into a deeper variation, go for it, and then kind of continuing to talk, right? Then kind of continuing to lead through the sequence. Mm-hmm. And in, in a private class, that should always be a conversation, not a blanket statement said out of habit. Mm-hmm. So we sort of talk about, you know, how to get used to having a little bit more dialogue with your students than you're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, we also talk about chanting and oming and whether or not it's appropriate and how to figure out. We talk a little bit about language in this section. So we talk about assist and what kind of physical assist are useful and helpful and safe with a private client. Mm-hmm. So it's all, it's all the ways that we learn how to just be very confident and clear in the seat as teacher. Mm-hmm. Because, because there's not a yoga studio um, that sort of has given you this power, right? Since you're going into someone's home where they mm-hmm. usually would sort of be in control, you have to figure out very sweet and subtle ways to make sure that they know that you're you're leading them, mm-hmm. you're teaching them, you're there to take care of them. Right, right. And again, it kind of that kind of reminds me and goes back to what 
uh, we talk about a lot on this show, and it's um, in the physical therapy world, we sort of look at it as being the interactor versus the operator. Mm-hmm. You know, so the operator yeah. being, like you said, they're just sort of like telling someone what to do and they do it versus the interactor, which is having more of a, making it sort of a more of a two-way street. So you, you have a dialogue and you have communication with this client. The client can easily give you feedback and you can sort of change what you're doing based on the feedback they're getting you so that you're, you're creating a little bit of autonomy within the, the client as well. Mm-hmm. Does that make That's sense? That's great language. I, I'm going to borrow that and use that. <laughs> the interactor instead of the operator. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm taking a note on that right now. No, I can't take credit for that. I believe that was uh, physical therapist Jason Silvernail and another physical mm-hmm. therapist, Diane Jacobs, who came up mm-hmm. with that. So I'm not taking credit for that one. But um, <laughs> I'll it, borrow it anyway. Yes. But it's. I feel like it's, it's great language and it's... I also find that's a little less threatening Mm -hmm. because when you're going into someone's home, you don't want to go in as like this big, like, like you called it, like a big sort of leader and not really having a more intimate conversation with the person that you're with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I'm glad you mentioned that word because the whole experience of a private class is very sort of intimate and vulnerable for both parties, Mm -hmm. for both student and teacher. So I think it's important to acknowledge that as a teacher and just know that you're being made to be quite vulnerable in this situation as well. Mm-hmm. So you can just be aware of whatever that brings up for you. Right. And and it, I think in the end, it all comes down to how you are able to communicate with that with your client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and how important that communication is. And, and I think a lot of people may have the mentality of, well, if a yoga instructor is coming into my home, they're just, it's just going to be exactly like going to the gym. It's just that they're in my home. It's just one-on-one. And, and right. I think that obviously that's not the case, correct? Yeah. I mean, I think some teachers do teach that way, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I think that your clients will have a better experience. You'll be more connected to your teaching and ultimately your business will grow more if you don't teach like you're teaching in group class right? right that's sort of the idea behind this teacher training right right is to it, it it's it goes beyond obviously making you feel comfortable teaching one-on-one but like you said it, your business will grow because certainly because yeah. of the way that you're it, it the way that you're treating your client exactly exactly yeah no that makes perfect sense so that brings us kind of to the next module which mm-hmm. is the real heart i think of this work um, the first two modules are really important, but they're more sort of the surface issues, mm-hmm. right? They're sort of, and then the third module is called Meet Students Where They Are. And in this, you know, this can be somewhat controversial in the yoga world, because okay. what I really deeply believe is that to truly meet students where they are, we must simplify the teachings of yoga to, their, to the most central, to the most core, um, so that we're, you know, I mentioned before, I sort of have this idea that that yoga is connecting the mind and the body via the pathway of the breath. Mm -hmm. And so I'll really do whatever I have to to create that, help my client create that experience for themselves. Mm -hmm. 
so there'll be parts, you know, of traditional teachings and of the, you know, ancient sort of technologies, we could call them, that I'll leave out for some clients because it's, it's not meeting them where they are in the moment. It won't, it's not meaningful, it's not accessible, and it won't be helpful. And so does that mean leaving out certain poses or, you know, can you kind of elaborate on sure, that? Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, I think that I want to really give the client what it is they think that they want. Mm-hmm. So if what they are coming to yoga for is because they heard that, like, it can be a great ab workout, Mm-hmm. then we'll do a ton of core work and we might not have time to go upside down or work on our balances. Okay. You know, I'm not doing necessarily a full, well-rounded practice the way I would if I was, like, creating a group class mm-hmm. with everyone because I really want the client to, to, for them to get what they feel like they want. Mm-hmm. And then if I have a sense that what they actually need is very different than what they want, then I'll try to trick them you know, into getting what they need. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll kind of hide it. You know, I even had one client who I am still teaching to this day and who I just adore working with, and he came to me and said, listen, Francesca, I really don't want to do yoga, but I know that my wife really liked you, and my doctor said I've got to start doing something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what should I do? And I was kind of like, all right, we don't have to do yoga. And I just threw him into, like, a forearm plank. Mm -hmm. But while he was in there, I taught him you know, Buddhism, shamatha meditation techniques. Mm. And we, and I was like, well, I think that, you know, it seems like you're, you, we could really do some work to stretch and open up your hamstrings. So we just did some very simple hamstring stretching manual. I was manually stretching mm-hmm. his hamstrings. But while he was there, I was doing very simple but very powerful pranayama breathing mm-hmm. techniques to calm the nervous system. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. tell him that that's what we were doing, but that's what I did. You know, right. I was instructing him to breathe into his belly, yep. first inhaling for a count of three and exhaling for a count of three, and then inhaling for a count of three and exhaling for a count of five. You know, we did. So so he didn't feel like it was yoga because he felt like we were doing ab work and like we were stretching his hamstring. Mm-hmm. Well, six months later, we were doing a full, full yoga practice with Mm -hmm. standing poses, downward dog. We were talking about Patanjali's yoga sutras, you know, and I've been working with him for two years now, and we're Mm -hmm. working on wheel, we're working on all these, like, difficult balance poses. Um, He said to me yesterday, my favorite thing that you've taught me is this meditation on the breath. I find that that helps me in all areas of my life. Yeah. Like, it's totally, totally doing real yoga, but I, because I was able to meet him where he was, and say, okay, we don't have to do yoga. Let's just do some work in sure. forearm plank and get your core really strong. Sure, and and that makes a lot of sense versus going in and, and almost bullying your way into, well, I am a yoga instructor and we're going to do yoga. Right. You know, right. so, and, right. yeah, that makes perfect sense. But I think it, you know, I have definitely run into some controversy in the yoga world with people saying, well, you're, that's not real yoga then. But I, I counter, I think that there's nothing more real yoga than the yoga that really meets people where they are in that moment and mm-hmm. helps them create meaningful change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you're working one-on-one, you have to take into account the goal of that client. Exactly. If you don't take into account the goal of the client, what are the odds that client's going to want you to come back? Right. <laughs> and what are the odds that client is going to say, oh, you know, I have this great yoga instructor. You should go and you should work with them as well to their friends or peers or, or relatives. So, I mean, you, you can't 
go in and, and have your own agenda and not take into consideration the agenda of the person you're working with. Exactly. And that goes across the board. That goes for physical therapy, Pilates, yoga, anything. I would think any one-on-one interaction where you are in more of the the healing, I guess, role, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have to take into consideration what that person wants. And like you said, they may want something, and as you work with them, you kind of get an idea of what they need, and you just right. sort of sneak it in. Right, you right. Know? And I told, I told this client just the other day, I said, I talk about you in my teacher, I didn't use his name, of course, but right. I say I talk about you in my teacher trainings all the time, because you're like my best example of someone I totally tricked into doing yoga. Yeah. And he laughed. He loved it, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I think that that's, that's something that a lot of people, I think, need to remember. It's just not taught in yoga teacher training. Mm. It's not. So... You know, this is why I'm so excited about the, you know offering this teacher training. Yeah, and yeah, and and um, where can people? We'll we'll mention this again in the next segment. Mm-hmm. But if if someone out there is listening and they want to be a part of your teacher training, where can they go for more information? Yeah, so they can definitely connect with me on my Facebook page at Francesca Cervera Yoga and Wellness. I'm very, like, sort of active there. Mm-hmm. And then also I have a website that has some information about my teacher training. It's somewhat limited now. I'm just in the process of creating a new website. Mm-hmm. So I'll offer another live teacher. I've, you know, taught it live twice, once in New York City in the fall and once in Washington, D.C. this winter. I'll teach it live again in New York City in the fall. Um, I teach it privately. I mentor teachers privately with this material internationally via Skype, which mm. is always really a blast. Thank God for technology. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> and, um, and I'm hope- hoping, you know, by the end of 2013 to have all of the, this whole teacher training available, you know, at a sort of group class rate online in the right. form of videos. So there'll That's be, right. you know... There'll be lots of ways to get this material, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, you know, and now sort of getting back to your teacher training as we take mm-hmm. that little detour. Um, I'm surprised. It surprises me that during your yoga overall yoga teacher training, that that they don't talk about, like you said, kind of meeting the client where they are and really taking into account client goals and things like that. That's it. Yeah, surprising. It is. Interesting. <laughs> it well, is. You, it's interesting because you know you you're working with someone's body, you know, and so you would think that that's the first. Like in PT school, that's like the first thing when you do an evaluation and you're doing an intake. You always, or at least you better, always ask, "Well, what is your goal?" Mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. I may see someone and their goal. Let's say they hurt their knee. Their goal may be. You know, I just want to be able to walk to the store and back, you know, right. but in the back of my head, like my goal is like, no, you know, you should be going to the gym and you should be da 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 Right. You know, right. and so you kind of have to meet somewhere in the middle, you know. Right, right, sure. Well, I think partly with yoga teacher trainings is they're teaching, they teach you how to teach a group class mm, because mm-hmm. that's what, that's the way most yoga is transmitted at this point in the United States. Right. Um. And so the people who are teacher train, teaching the teacher trainings, that's what they know how to do. They know how to teach group classes, mm-hmm. especially, you know, if they're experienced, skillful teachers. They've been teaching, you know, for a long They're very popular teachers. They've been teaching packed group classes of right. 70 people. So that's where their skill lies. 
Um, I just don't think that of the people whose skills really lie in connecting one-on-one haven't really done a lot to step up mm-hmm. so far of what I've seen to mm-hmm. really identify and say, hey, these are some different skills mm-hmm. that are necessary, and 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 yoga teachers should, should learn them as well in yeah. their teacher training. I agree. I agree. And we're going to so. take our, our last break. Um, And when we come back, we'll sort of wrap things up a little bit and talk a little bit more about the teacher training if there's um, hot points that we missed. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, and I'm joined today by Francesca Cervero. She is a yoga instructor and uh, owner of Francesca Cervero Yoga and Wellness. And we are today really talking about her yoga teacher training course, where she is teaching already certified yoga instructors. Uh, and Pilates, and she's also had some physical therapists in her classes on how to uh, teach people in their home versus a large group setting. So, Francesca, what 
did, what did we miss? What are the hot points we missed about your teacher training? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we kind of talked about the first three modules, mm-hmm. create the space, hold the space, and meet students where they are. And then the last three um, include observe on the go, which is really about gathering information and assessment skills. So that's always a really fun conversation. Mm-hmm. The fourth, the fourth, or the fifth module. I'm sorry, I just call it getting and staying organized, but it, it covers a lot of really sort of important topics, like about how we sort of touched on this already, but how much to plan, mm-hmm. and then how to sort of be ready to let that go and mm-hmm. plan kind of on the spot. Yeah, we talk here about transitions because when people come to a yoga class they've had some sort of transition from the rest of their life, you know, be it a car ride, a walk, a subway ride. And so sometimes when you're teaching privately, you'll have someone sit down on the mat literally with less than 60 seconds between running a meeting, taking care of a client, the computer. They sort of talk about ways to be mindful about that and to Mm. create an easier transition for them there, Mm -hmm. right? If you just had someone like, running a meeting and then put on their yoga clothes and sit down. You can't, like, have them cross their legs and close their eyes and listen to their breath. Mm-hmm. Their mind would be spinning. Sure, We talk sure. about other ways to transition there. And we also talk about boundaries in this, in this topic, which is a huge, huge conversation for yoga teachers. We mentioned a few things about time and money. Mm-hmm. And then there's also um, a boundary of you sharing in personal information about your life mm-hmm. with the student mm-hmm. and then the student sharing personal information about them with you. And then also a boundary around, you know, if true friendships or sort of non-professional relationships form and how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So we dive deep into that conversation, which is a big one for a lot of yoga teachers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the sixth module is called Being Profitable in the Business of Private Yoga. So even though I didn't do branding or marketing or advertising in the beginning of my career, I have since really started to educate myself around those topics mm-hmm. because... You know, again, that's something that's not talked about very much in the yoga world at all. And, you know, I think everybody is doing everyone a disservice for people to not really be getting their offerings out there in the world. Right. So we talk about how to brand yourself as sort of a, an expression of your most authentic self and mindful marketing. We talk about how to find clients. Mm-hmm. Always, everyone's always interested in that. Yeah, everybody always <laughs> wants to know how to get billing, those. Yeah. Scheduling and cancellations. And then finally, the importance of self-care and how to inclu- include that in a really busy week. Yeah, yeah. And, and you and I have talked about this, um, I think, at length on how to mm-hmm. sort of take care of yourself as you're taking care of everyone else. And because, you know, I'm the same way. I do like 20 to 25 private clients a week. Mm-hmm. And it's tiring, you know. And yeah. so <laughs> it is. It's tiring. Like if you're seeing seven I remember, I think I told you, I was like, oh, you know, I'll see seven or eight private people a day. And you were like, what? That's like, a lot. That's crazy, yeah. you know? It is. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think something that's that's very helpful is learning how to, learning how to say no, but learning how to do it in the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, by maybe mm-hmm. saying, oh, that that's not going to work for me. Can we try another day or can we try another time or something like that? Because I think a lot of times, and especially as, as women, at least I think so, um, sometimes you have like a hard time saying no for fear of that person being like, well, I'll just go find someone else. Right. Or, okay, well, if you can't do this on this day, but you'd be surprised, and I'm sure you found this, how people will work around your schedule and not to be afraid to sort of say 
realistically when you're available. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. yeah, I actually really, in my teacher training and with my teacher mentors, teach scheduling as a self-care practice. Mm-hmm. Like, I get really specific here in terms of, you know, I, I really hate ha- having to kill time at Starbucks. I, I just find that incredibly draining on my energy. Yeah, I'm So I'll with you. really try to create my schedule so that it has as little sort of empty holes as possible. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, but also make sure that I have enough time between clients that I don't feel rushed. Mm-hmm. That I have time to eat if I mm-hmm. if I'm hungry, you know. Yeah. I really, really try to plan my schedule with with awareness of like how my energy is drained going from person to person. Yeah, so. and and I also at least I mean you know we're we're sort of here in New York City, but I try to like cluster everyone together. You know, so in neighborhood. In yeah. neighborhood. So, you know, like you were saying, oh, I was on the Upper East Side. I had to go way into Brooklyn. I had to go to Tribeca. For people who don't live in New York City, that is a lot of traveling. Yeah. Like that is hours <laughs> yeah. and hours of traveling every yeah. day, you know, yeah. because yeah. you're taking subways and buses and whatnot. So I think that's I think it's great that you are incorporating this into your teacher training because you're right. It's something that yoga instructors and PT. Believe me, PTs don't learn this stuff either. Sure. You know, and and I really wish that part of physical therapy school, aside from getting all the great content and everything else, I wish that this was something that I learned, you know. Totally. Yeah, it's funny. You know, one of the physical therapists that was in my teacher training in New York in the fall, Mm -hmm. she's actually my physical therapist Uh. um, and, like, very, very experienced. Yeah. And she said, God, I wish this training should really be in every PT school. You know, I mean, it really does apply across the board. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it sounds like, I mean, I haven't taken your teacher training, but it sounds like it's pretty applicable to anyone who is doing any sort of private work with people. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. so we have a few minutes here. So what, if, what can you leave us with? What, what, are, what is your sort of most important point about your teacher training and I guess about your journey from you know, getting your yoga certification through where you're at now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I think when working with, I sort of mentioned a bit about this already. When you're working with someone one-on-one, one of the best tools you have for assessment is, your, is self-awareness. And so it's important to really do a lot of, I'll call it, inner work mm-hmm. so that you know, you know, what kind of stressors or difficulties you're bringing in with you. Mm. And and what is sort of energy that you're feeling or taking on from a client? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that and Great. self-awareness, like a really deep self-awareness, is is I think the foundation of this work mm-hmm. because it comes up, you know, when we're talking about holding space for our students so mm-hmm. that we can tell what they're feeling mm-hmm. by feeling the energy in the room. Mm-hmm. You know. It's definitely the foundation for quality assessment, and it's, and self-awareness is really an integral part of finding our niche and creating authentic branding and mindful marketing. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so there's a lot of just inner work that you have to, to do to be a really skillful teacher when you're working one-on-one, Yeah, I think. Does Be- that make sense? Beautifully said. Beautifully Thank said. And, and on that, I want to, uh, one more time, just tell us where people can find you. Sure. My Facebook page is Francesca Cervero Yoga and Wellness. And you can definitely connect with me there, ask questions. I'm always sort of posting 
And uh, and then my website is francescacervero.com. Right, and that's Francesca, F-R-A-N-C-E-S-C-A, and Severo is C-E-R-V-E-R-O. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Yeah. Yes, no problem. <laughs> so so thank you for coming on. This was great. Yeah, um, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Really fun. My pleasure. Um, so everyone, thanks for tuning in. And I have a feeling everyone got a lot out of this. I know I did. And thanks. thank you for listening. And uh, stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, I'm Dana. And I'm Don. We are certified certified mediators. mediators. And I am a family and couples licensed therapist and author of Please Don't Buy Me Ice Cream. Our show, New Beginnings, is about helping you and your family recover financially and emotionally and start the beginning of your life. We'll answer your questions on divorce, family court, co-parenting, personal development, new relationships, blending families, and more. Dana and I will bring you to a place of empowerment and belief that even though marriages may end, families are forever. Join us every Monday starting September 10th at 10 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. This is Tony Martinetti, the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Technology, fundraising, compliance, social media. Small and medium nonprofits have needs in all these areas. My guests are expert in all these areas and more. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern, on Talking Alternative Broadcasting. Are you fed up with talking points rhetoric? Everywhere you turn, it's left or right spin, ideology, no reality. In fact, it's ideology over intellect. No more. It's time for the truth. Join me, Larry Sharp, a.k.a. The Neo Sage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 Eastern, for the Ivory Tower Radio Program. In the Ivory Tower, we'll discuss what's important to you, society, politics, business, and family. It's provocative talk for the realist and the skeptic who want to know what's really going on, what does it mean, and what can be done about it. So gain special access to the Ivory Tower and listen to me, Larry Sharp, your Neosage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11, New York time. Go to ivorytowerradio.com for details. That's ivorytowerradio.com. The Ivory Tower is a great place to visit for both entertainment and education. Listen in, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11. It will make you smarter. TalkingAlternative.com 